there are so many things where it's about that emotional connection to brand experience or product. And as we're creating that, you know, you mentioned earlier, we were operating in, in an area which is very, very heavily um, uh, connected to, to, you know, the subconscious reaction to, to sound. You have to be very responsible about that. I mean, it is that with great power comes great responsibility. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangel. Let's delve a little deeper. Here's the first part of my interview with John Tate. My next guest is an award-winning content entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and EVP of Global Brand Partnerships and Development at Made Music Studio. He began his career as a music journalist and documentary filmmaker, before working as a senior programming and brand executive at MTV, AMC Networks, and the BBC. He's been featured in several major publications, including Fast Company, Muse by Clio, Marketing Brew, and Business Desk. He's captivated audiences at the Forbes CMO Summit, Adweek, Brand Innovators, LE Miami, and the Audio Intelligence Summit. At Made Music, he leads the award-winning marketing, content, and partnerships team responsible for a 400% jump in revenue. His growing list of brand partners includes Mercedes-Benz, AT&T, PepsiCo, Amazon, Verizon, Target, Duncan, Subaru, Warner Media, General Mills, American Express, Lexus, BMW, and the David Bowie Estate. His name is John Tate, and if you were still wondering how effective audio branding can be after having listened to this podcast for a while, I have no doubt John will fill you in. This will be a fascinating conversation. As always, if you have questions for my guest, you're welcome to reach out through the links in the show notes. And if you have questions for me, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com, where you'll find a lot of ways to get in touch. Plus, subscribing to the newsletter will let you know when the new podcasts are available. And if you'd consider it, I'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. You can leave a review that I'd love to feature on future podcasts, either in written or in voice format from the podcast's main page. And now, here's my interview with John Tate. Well, hello, and thank you so much for joining me, John. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Well, appreciate you uh, taking the time, Jody, and for everything that you do, actually. I, I think you're a big supporter of the industry and, and certainly with your podcasts and everything else that you're doing out there, you're uh, raising awareness and getting people excited and all of the new changes in audio. Definitely doing my best to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that because I really do want to hear where your company is going with all of this because it's very important. But I like to start off the interviews asking you if you have an early memory of how sound moved you. An early memory of how sound moved me. I mean, I think probably like most people, you know, I, I was introduced by, you know, to sound of music by my parents playing records and, and things like that as I was growing up. Um, I had a little bit of a unique twist, though, because my my mother was a, a radio DJ, and so I kind of like grew up with with that kind of media exposure. And my father was in television, and so we would often be listening to the records of the people that he was about to interview. 
So there would be lots of, you know, fascinating sort of listening. Yeah, yeah. It was quite an interesting life growing up because, uh, you know, he, he did some wonderful interviews with Bob Marley, he did the first interview with the Sex Pistols and Talking oh, nice. Heads and all of those sorts of folks. So I, I probably grew up with not your average nursery rhymes and things like that. I probably <laughs> no, was listening right, to a lot no. of cutting edge, <laughs> <laughs> you know, singing Burning Down the House, probably inappropriate going to school, but, you know. That's great. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you were telling me before, I think, that there was a music prize that was named after your dad. How did yes. that come about? Uh, I, I had a little bit of a hand to play in that. So my, my dad okay. passed away in, in 2003, a while ago now. But he had a, a career that spanned the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s before he passed. And um, he was always about, you know, what's new in music and, and bringing the music of the world to uh, to New Zealand, which was where I was born. And, uh, and he also, you know, really, really helped to, to push and promote the local uh, music industry there. So the Tate Music Prize, which is named after my dad, Dylan Tate, um, it's, a, it's a prize which is basically based on creative expression and, and not necessarily based on record sales. And um, yeah, there's been some great winners along the way. Lord was an early winner. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's been uh, something which has become quite a sort of an annual celebration of everything. And, and for me personally, it's just lovely that, you know, folks are remembering my dad and uh, and everything that he gave back to the industry. So. Oh, really nice. Yeah. So I guess you had a really um, immersive um, <laughs> childhood as far as like the music was concerned. So uh, like, how yeah. did you get into doing that, what you're doing now? Like, are, are you, you're, you're still immersed in this whole thing still. So I how am. did that all come about? I am. I mean, I've I've taken a, a windy old path to get here. I will say. Oh, I love um, to hear those stories. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever really felt like I would have a career that's so connected to music as I do now. Um, Why not? I, uh, well, with my all your background. Yeah, I mean, I think my background, as much as it was connected to music, was also very connected to media. So you know, it was okay. my grandfather in newspapers, and my mom in radio, and my dad in TV. Um, and my career actually sort of started off in TV. I, I did a, a documentary about a New Zealand record label and I sold that to a network. And then I wound up working for MTV for uh, a number of years and then the BBC and, and, um, and sort of moved to America with the BBC. So, so my background actually is a little bit more media focused, you know, TV channels and, and, uh, and media brands and, and program brands. Um, and then once I landed in America, I got very, very connected to the branding world and uh, yeah. was, was creating some very interesting partnerships with, you know, the likes of the Bowie Estate and, and BMW and, uh, you know, American Express and, and Verizon and so on. So I really started to dive into what a brand's looking for um, on, a, on a more of a, a deeper, complex, um, you know, perhaps strategic um, way of like connecting to, to consumers and so on. Sure. And then that's what led me to made music. So I was actually in the, in the process of creating a partnership where I felt like, uh, what made music were doing would be a really interesting compliment to a lot of the brands that I was working with. And, um, it was in the midst of those conversations that they said, Hey, we, we think we, uh, 
I think we have a job for you. <laughs> and uh, and I wasn't really sure if that was, you know, the, the way that I was wanting to head. But I did see all of the, um, you know, the, the, the shift in consumer behavior to, to audio first platforms. I, I could see that coming a mile off. I had a, a friend of mine who was a mentor who, um, uh, you know, had moved from, from TV. He's, he now sort of heads up. Um, you know the the public radio stations on the on the west coast, and you know he was saying, look, you know, time spent viewing is increasing. People are using voice assistants. People are listening to podcasts like this one, Jody, and uh, you know, with that kind of move, the thing that really struck me was, uh, you know, a lot of brands are are invisible in this space. They put so much time and energy to create their visual identity systems and their visual branding. Um, but there was a real gap. You know, a lot of them do not have an audio expression or something that's, you know, strategically crafted in, in the way that made music creates things. So seeing a gap in the market, seeing the way that, that consumers were headed and, and um, tapping into my, my passion for entertainment and, uh, and music and, uh, and branding, it, it all just seemed like a perfect fit. So that's that's how I've, I've kind of wound up here. Yeah. So what specifically do you do at Made Music? Well, I head up uh, global brand partnerships and development. So that's a, a rather broad title, uh, which which kind of covers a number of things. There are, there are really three divisions that, that uh, report into, into my role. We have a, uh, a content studio, which is uh, very much about... Uh, video creation and and certainly tapping into my uh, my my expertise from the entertainment industry and and visual media, uh, we have the um, uh, marketing and and uh, sales components as well. Um, and I think everything from from all of those joined up, it's really about the story. You know, for us, it's really about sort of putting the stories out there into the world about. The industry, it's thought leadership pieces, it's, you know, going to conferences and speaking and, and all that type of thing about what we're developing and why it's important. Um, and then, you know, obviously bringing in the clients themselves and making them feel very comfortable that, that we're the company that can get them something that's iconic, enduring and effective. And then the final piece, which is, you know, um, creating that, bringing it to life, making it something that, that you know, the client can can really identify with, so they're proud of and, and want to go and promote. And and we can sort of put out there into the industry and, and show show folks, uh, you know, what's been going on. So it's a, you know, it's a broad role. I don't play the drums or I don't play, you know, guitars on track. I've offered. Nobody takes me up on it. Yeah. <laughs> But I would say that there's there's reason for that, um, and that's because you know the creative team, you know I, I I came on board and I was just absolutely blown away by the level of artistry of of the people from from the founder Joel uh, you know right on down to the folks that are like you know joining um, you know daily it it feels like you know with the with the writing pool and and, and the musicians that we have coming into the studio. Um, it, they have a level of musicianship and and actually listening, I would say, that is is almost superhuman. <laughs> that listening uh, portion is really important. <laughs> and you know, and and I, that was an interesting thing when I started the company because I'm quite a visual learner and I really sort of leaned into 
you know, how are we going to tell this story in a way that, you know, reaches, reaches more people. And, um, and, you know, and, and I think that the folks that I work with, you know, day in, day out are very much in the, they hear so much depth and so much richness and complexity and in, in the, in the smallest little layers of, um, of the work that they're creating. Um, so I think that we come at it from, from both angles. And I think that that's what really, really, you know, makes us a, a good collaborative partnership because I trust them to do the absolute best work possible. Um, mm -hmm. and they trust me to, uh, to sort of turn that into a story that's going to reach, you know, as many people as possible. Hello, I'm Mark, and I have one minute to tell you about a newsletter I think you'll enjoy. You already know the power of the human voice and how good sound can affect us. Well, in my newsletter, The Big Minute, I pick out 60 seconds from a recent podcast episode and tell you why I think it's remarkable. As someone who's been podcasting for 15 years, I'd like to think I've a good ear for this stuff, and I'm a pretty picky listener, so... If you're ready to discover some new shows and find out what makes them stand out, head to thebigminute.com slash audio branding. New issues arrive in your inbox every Sunday. There's no spam, no clutter, and there's even an audio version of each issue. Again, to join me in uncovering what good sounds like, head to thebigminute.com slash audio branding. Okay, that's my time. Back to you, Jody. So when you are creating a story, is it through music? Do you use sounds as well as music to go in the music or uh, separate from the music? How does that work? Uh, well, you know, I think at the end of the day, it, it, it comes down to, and I think we talked about this um, on our call, Made Music Studio is, is created a, a really, really you know, wonderful process, which gets a brand to its inevitable sound. Uh, that's really what it is at the end. You know, we, we want to find something that couldn't possibly sound like anybody else. And, that's what it's all about, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and within that, you know, there's usually a deeper, higher meaning um, that is super connected to, you know, the, the brand's core uh, you know, what they really want to, you know, express, what they really want people to feel about themselves. So the story does really come naturally out of that process, out of finding that sound, out of the brand's, you know, own story, and then something that which is going to bring it to life. So, for example, um, Tostitos, who we've been working with recently. I was going to ask you, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that one's been getting a lot of buzz, which is which is fantastic. Um, I think also because it's connected with people on, you know, a, a level that feels like something they can wrap their head around. Um, you know, I, I think for a lot of people with sonic branding, it, it, they'll either get stuck in the idea that, you know, it's all about a jingle or, you know, they'll they'll go straight to the McDonald's and loving it or, or that type of thing. Um, and anything beyond that is a little bit beyond their comprehension because what we're creating is really impacting people on a subconscious level. But when you can have a conscious layer to it, that's when I think, you know, you, you start getting all these press stories or, you know, radio interviews that we've been doing, you know, around the country recently. Um, and, and with Tostitos in particular, you know, their whole thing is about, 
uh, coming around the campfire. It's about togetherness. It's about, you know, just those moments. You know, we, we just, you know, had folks around to our place at the weekend to, to watch football. And um, of course, <laughs> and of course, I'm surrounded by Tostitos products and, and you, you know, <laughs> jars of dip and everything. And it was exactly the moment uh, that the brand wanted to express themselves um, through sound. So the concept or the idea was what would it actually sound like if a group of friends just got together and they were in a recording studio and all they had were Tostitos products? Uh, what could they create? And the identity, the sonic identity, is created entirely from Tostitos products. Um, and, and in the process, we actually found out that their jars are in tune, so we could actually make the products sound more musical. And wow. we sampled That's crunches. <laughs> yeah, we sampled, you know, bag ruffles. We, cre we sampled everything. And, you know, the resulting sound is something that doesn't sound like any other chip in the supermarket aisle. Um, and, and Tostitos, obviously, you know, they have, they have chips and they have dips. So there's like something, you know, really, really integral, uh, in, in terms of the brand and the product and, and the consumer experience all wrapped up into, um, you know, their sonic identity, things like that are super fun, you know, things like that, mm -hmm. that just make people go, oh, well, of course that sounds like Tostitos. I mean, how could it sound like anything else? And uh, and then, you know, before you know it, you know, that type of thing, which catches on with, um, you know, with consumers, um, you know, we, effectiveness is a is a big, big key thing that we're always, always looking to do. I think that's what oftentimes sets us apart from from other agencies, um, you know, uplift in brand recall, uplift in brand attribution, uplift in brand appeal. Uh, I mean, these are all things that, that for a brand like Tostitos and, you know, parent company like PepsiCo, they know that that uh, really equals more sales and more cultural impact and, uh, you know, sure. more opportunities to grow. Yeah, subconsciously too, which uh, I think that people don't give enough, um, uh, you know, enough say to. They don't actually talk about this as much as it should be talked about because it is very unconscious <laughs> because sound reaches our subconscious on such a deep level and we respond to it on such a deep level that all of this sonic branding really has a powerful effect on everything so yeah Absolutely. i'm 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 really impressed by what you've all managed to do but along mm. those lines i'm curious when you start off with a com with a company like when you say started with Tostitos, when you mm. sat them down at the table to get them to tell you about what they thought their company was about, how did you get them to tell you? Because sometimes that's the hardest part, right? <laughs> like you have five different main people in the company and they all have a different idea or one person hasn't maybe been with the company long enough and they're not right sure exactly what's what they're all about you know and all these differing opinions like how do you get them to focus on one <laughs> yeah well it, it's less about focusing on one it's more about drawing out what people actually feel uh and then you know from that point of view it doesn't matter if you've been with the company one month or you're the ceo i think that everybody has you know a, a very valid opinion um and and their and their feelings because they express different people uh, in terms of their familiarity with the product or the brand. 
So, well, I guess they you know, wouldn't we, be there in the room if they didn't have some kind of vested interest, right? Right, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. But I, I think there is, I mean, it, you know, without going into the, to the special source of like how the process works, but I mean, it really sure. is a case of, um, you know, steering people, I suppose, in a way where they begin to consider their brand through the lens of, of sound music. Uh, which for oftentimes, even people that have had so much experience with brand building through the years, oftentimes when they're working on a, a sonic branding project or a sound project, it's the first time they've ever even contemplated it. So there are many ways that we, you know, get people into a, a headspace where they can share comfortably and uh, and experience things. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we really do spend a lot of time and attention, not, not just in the, in the initial process stage, but, um, if you think about it, sound of music and the connection to brands or the connection to, you know, entertainment shows or the, the, the connection to, you know, we often work with, um, industrial design. We, we, we created the sounds of, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the Roomba, you know, and things like that, you know, there, there are so many things where it's about that emotional connection to brand experience or product. And as we're creating that, you know, you mentioned earlier, we were operating in, in an area which is very, very heavily, um, uh, connected to, to, you know, the subconscious reaction to, to sound. You have to be very responsible about that. I mean, it is that, with great power comes great responsibility. I'm glad to hear you say that, actually. There's <laughs> because there is a responsibility. Yeah. And Absolutely. it's good that that's a thought in there. Yeah. Well, also, I think, and you will find it in yourself, I'm sure your listeners do too. You know, sound often makes people feel, um, you know, it, it answers questions like, uh, does this brand, you know, see me? You know, does this brand accept me? Does that does this brand invite me into its world? And do I feel, uh, you know, like I'm a, I'm an equal part of of who they're talking to? And I think a lot of that, um, you know, uh, conscious branding initiative, which is which is really really about you know making sure that everybody feels included and everybody feels. Um, you know, like it's a it's a safe space and a place for for fun for everybody. You know that with sound and music is is absolutely crucial because if you get that wrong, uh, it it can feel quite exclusionary. So we, as much as we look at the process in terms of the clients in the room, we will always look at you know the consumers. What do you want the consumers to feel about you? Sometimes it's less about the opinion of the decision makers. You know, it's, it's in the same way that, you know, a brand isn't necessarily what the, the brand marketers want it to be. It's what people think it is. It's what people feel it is. It's it's that type of thing. Once you've created it, it's out in the world and, and having a real sort of connection with, with human beings, you know, which aren't an exact science at the best of times. So when so it comes true. to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to sound and music, you need to make sure that it's it's in sync and and that it's doing the right things and it's sending the right messages and making people feel um you know what you need it to feel 
Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio dash branding dash strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up, though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests, and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while. Totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that, too. Now, back to the podcast. How do you measure this, though? That I'm curious about, because when you're implementing it, like it seems to me that a lot of people will go through this process and then they won't implement it to the extent that they should. And that is a big mistake because you've gone through all this process. You have this wonderful sonic brand. You have to use it enough to really get the data back to know if it's working or not. <laughs> so, sure. yeah, I mean, how would you how do you measure that kind of thing? Like, does Tostitos have any data to support that, you know, that this is working? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we do uh, pre-testing in market testing. We, we do a lot. I mean, I think that, you know, in this day and age, uh, you you have to have that, that ROI, um, which is why we, we spend a lot of time focusing on effectiveness. Um, we don't have the issue of, of people not using their sonic identities. Um, Glad to hear it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that, that, you know, if you are investing, you know, the budget you're investing in, um, most people are, are pretty serious about making sure it's going to work um, and not sort of, you know, taking any chances with that. Um, I think also, you know, we're creating brand assets at the end of the day. You know, these are these are things that are very, very integral to the to the um, you know, uh, future success of, of the companies. So, um, I would say that we, we probably have a higher success rate in terms of launching, um, than most folks. And, and that's really because we, uh, spend a lot of time doing it. Uh, you know, there, there is like a, a way to, uh, make sure everybody feels confident in the work. There's a way to, um, you know, work with every agency that touches this. It's not always just the brand client. Um, all of that that deep research, all of those data points that make sure that 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 you know you're going to get the the impact uh, upon launch. You know, we we have all of that. We we make sure that people feel confident in their decision uh, and confident in their creative direction. It does. It again, it comes back down to you know the story and and how we are. Um, you know, making sure it's embedded in the work. And, That's really um, good. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm curious also how you work with other agencies, because I know that when it comes to the sonic branding aspect of this, working with mm. a visual branding company, um, how do you get them to actually give this some credence? I mean, <laughs> like, is it is it hard for them to get their head around what you're doing for the brand? Or are you able to convey that really easily? Well, we speak the same language. 
I think that there is definitely, you know, Ultimately, expertise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, there's there are expertise within our company, and and certainly, um, you know, our experience with with agencies across the board. I mean, you know, it's also media agencies, it's visual design, it's creative agencies, it's it's um, you know, social media agencies. Yeah, I mean, some of our clients have about fifteen agencies at the table, and wow. they all have a different <laughs> objective. Um, and they all want to have the loudest voice in the room. But um, I think that we're very collaborative and we're very uh, giving in terms of, uh, you know, educating folks in terms of the benefits. And, you know, at the end of the day, if it's going to make their job easier, they're, they're usually quite happy to have us there. Um, I think also partly, our, our, you know, the history of our company is, it plays a big important part of that. Um, you know, Made Music Studio was born from entertainment and you know our origins were you know epic uh, entertainment brands HBO and uh, ESPN's Thirty for Thirty. We've worked with Disney. We've worked like right across the board, every network, uh, news shows that you'd be familiar with, and and so on. We still have our hand in that, and it's still very much at the core of of what we do. And and that's because we treat people like audiences. Uh, we treat people as if they have a choice. You know, this isn't the only podcast uh that's out there right now no, I've, I've heard there are quite a few these days <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you In know the millions. <laughs> right but you know what it takes to to carve out your niche and to speak to your audience and to make sure that they keep coming back and and you provide you know little breadcrumbs for them to to keep them hooked and and coming back for more and and that's the approach that we take with you know everybody that we interact with it could be you know, an autonomous car, it could be a new TV show or a network, it could be a brand, it could be a location-based experience. Uh, we really sort of apply that that passion, that how do you turn, you know, consumers uh, into like an audience mentality, which is a nice through line into becoming fans, fans of shows, fans of events, fans of brands. That's, that's really the magic of it. And, um, you know, again, I I, I I can't tell you that the the, uh, the special herbs and spices uh, or I'll be fired. But, of course not. Uh, yeah. But it is <laughs> not asking very... for the company secrets here. <laughs> it's all good. But, you know, it's it is it is that type of thing that that I think really gives us, um, you know, the success rate that that we do have, and um, and that's I, I think also in part to the wonderful talented people that we have here. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm here having this conversation with you, but, you know, uh, I'm supported by just the most incredible um, writers and, and musicians and, and folks that just somehow, uh, you know, get out of bed in the morning and have one of the most creative ideas, something that, that would blow my mind. And, they have to have another 10 of them by lunchtime. So <laughs> I uh, am impressed. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I I definitely can understand that uh, being surrounded by people of that talent is an invigorating experience, let's say. <laughs> so yeah, congratulations on everything that you've all accomplished over there. That's really fantastic. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time. <laughs>